You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the game, yeah, building the game. Alright, let's record an episode of Building the Game. Okay. Well, we're freezing. Oh, we're freezing. Yeah, it's cold in here. Hi, uh, Builders. Rob and Jason here. Another episode of Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Episode 300 and something. I don't know. Building Whatever. the Office, a documentary podcast. This right. is episode 335. 335. I think. And what is today? Today, today is, is Monday, Monday, the 3rd. October 29th. 29th, yes. Look at us, knowing dates and things. So. Mostly you. Uh, hey, big news. Big news. Uh, big I don't know news, what this Jason. is. You I'm don't know excited. what this is. So. I know what this is. This is very exciting. Tomorrow at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, a little game called Fallen Treasures will be going up on Kickstarter. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I just found that out the other day. <coughs> so Tuesday morning? Tuesday morning. That's tomorrow. Uh, right. I was afraid you weren't. Sometimes you'd say tomorrow for us. Yeah, no, no, yeah, so. yeah. On October 30th uh, at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, that's 11 Eastern, Fallen Treasures will be going live on Kickstarter. That is uh, Eight Arms to Hold You. Cool. Uh, I got to scope out all of the art, and it looks amazing. Uh, it looks so good. It's uh, it's so it's just it's super super cute and clever. Uh, I love what Tucker and his folks did with the art. Well, that's um, great. Good yeah. So really excited. Looking forward to that. I'm not sure what the price is, but uh, uh, I think it'll be very reasonably priced. Uh, so uh, it's it's a great little game. Remember, that's my that's my um, trick taker kind of mashed up with a presser luck game. Cool. Um, about octopuses uh, finding stuff that has fallen to the ocean floor, and then kind of, kind of comparing and sharing, and and saying, "Hey, yeah, my stuff's better than your stuff." It's basically Little the Mermaid, the game as octopuses. Yeah, that's right. She has that that grotto yeah. or something, right? Yeah, where, where she, she hides all her stuff. Right. Yeah, it's kind of that, but um, not as Disney. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you know, with a lot with a lot less poor unfortunate souls, as they say, poor unfortunate souls. That's, yeah, I watch that movie a lot because my daughter loves it. There's no girls to kiss either. Uh, in this no, game. no, no. Sorry about that. Uh, also, I'm guessing there's no um, uh, Cajun sounding um, crabs. Probably. No racist stereotypes. Yes. No, that's good. That's actually try good. try to stay away from those. No, uh, my daughter who loves that movie so much, but her hero in the movie is of course Ursula, the sea witch. Well, naturally, because um, your daughter's evil. I love Miss Ursula. Yeah, I mean she is. No, there's no <laughs> lie there. She is kind of an evil kid, and uh, she's great though. She's great, super cuddly. Um, yeah, we're recording again. As you didn't notice already, we're recording uh, on a lunch break in our office. I'm sorry about that again. It's just scheduling is challenging yep and i did attempt to uh heat the office up in a way that would make the uh air not turn on mm -hmm. so far that seems to be working yeah, we'll see what happens. i don't hear it blowing like crazy so we'll see what happens because we did find that we were if we record in a quiet space with the phones it actually sounds pretty good so yeah. so we'll see where it goes um, yeah in other news this this so uh um two episodes ago i talked about how i had just gotten back from a weekend in Grand Rapids at the uh, 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 playing Red Planet and Battletech on the Virtual World yeah, Mods. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, we hadn't done it yet at that point. 
now I have done it and I'm back and it absolutely was a super super amazing awesome time. As good as you hoped it would be, right? Yes. Maybe even better. Yes, I think we got I went up there with a friend uh, and we got five games of Battletech done and I think we played five games of Red Planet as well. Uh, we also play tested uh, my tabletop version of Red Planet and that re went really really well. Um, thank you to everybody who uh, played that which was, let's see, was Chris, the same Chris actually who we met with at uh, Gen Con also was there that weekend, so that was nice to see him. Um, Brenda, Patrick, Aaron. Ricky, Bobby, um, Jonesy, he loves playing those games. I think it was them and me, so yeah, there were five of us. Pamela, so, yeah. So we played a five-player game. Uh, and, and a lot of really good feedback, a lot of really good comments on it, um, and a lot of really excellent forward momentum. We did not play football, we played just the regular uh, death race again. Um, so what I what I learned back, learned from that, and, and I wanted to bring this up briefly before we get into our big topic. Yeah, is um, sometimes the value of starting over. Yeah, you know, you and I have talked about that a little bit here and there, but I don't know that we talked about it on the podcast a lot. Um, so I, I the game has really really progressed up to a point, and it's at, at this stage now where uh, it's as complicated as I want it to get. Right, I don't want it to be super super. Simi and you don't want to keep adding rules to fix problems. Exactly right. right. That you get to a point where, and that's what was happening for yeah. sure. Was I have this problem? What if I had two rules to fix this one problem? Right. And 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 I could do that and and keep going, but I think that's the wrong choice at this point. And I think that would make the game. There's too many uh, unique if then scenarios to have to keep track of. Right. Uh, and now that I know that. I can take all the lessons that I've learned and I can go back. I can essentially start over again with all the lessons that I've learned and and plan for those things in advance. Uh, and I, so that's basically my plan for Red Planet now. I, uh, I'm basically going to scrap just about everything I've done and start over again uh, with lessons learned uh, and come at it with, um, I think, uh, just, just fresh eyes, fresh perspective with that education. And, and I'm really happy about that. And I think a lot of people would see that as very defeating or very frustrating. And I, I, I absolutely do not see it that way. As soon as the, that, that, that clicked for me, I didn't want to say it in the moment when we were standing around the table playtesting it because I think everybody else was really excited about what they were <laughs> right. seeing. And, and <coughs> You're if like, I, sorry, I'm scrapping this. Yeah, so some of them were like, "What are you, I can tell you're thinking about something. What are you thinking about? And I was like, I, I have some ideas, and I left it at that. I didn't right. want to say it in the moment, right? But but I think it was it was clear to me right at that moment that that this is great and this is a bad game, right. and I'm going to start over again and make a much 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 better game. I mean, the other route you could have went would have just been to flip the table, like just just flip well, I it. I couldn't because it, the table was made of four by fours. Uh, it was a pretty robust table. Oh. It was very heavy and had a lot of stuff like on shelves underneath it. And as we learned last night. Uh, um, doing the punching bag game, neither one of us are all that tough or strong. I'm sorry you are, though. Apparently, you throw a meaner punch than I do. Yeah. That is a true story. Yeah. Slightly. You didn't have me beat by much. Actually, I got up to 839. Did you? I did, wow, yeah. Wow, you kept trying it. Wow. Yeah, I came back. Yeah, well, we were trying to beat the high score somebody put out there of nine something. Yeah. Yeah, there was, a, there was one of those punching bag games thing where you punch the bag <coughs> and, it, and it gives you a number that says how, how strong you are, how hard you hit it, right? Right. And you and I are both doing it, and I I think my max was 795 when you and I were I was like 740-something. Yeah. yeah. And I felt okay about that, but I didn't have a lot of context. So Carl, I found Carl and brought him over there. Yeah. And on his first punch, Carl hit like 870. 
I was yeah. like, all right, well, I mean, Carl, Carl's a big guy yeah, yeah. and a powerful guy. Yeah. So now I have some contacts, and then I tried a few more times. Right. I got, yeah, I think it was 8, no, it was 835. Yeah. You couldn't take Carl in a fight, though. Literally. Oh, no, 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 no. He would destroy he's me. He's basically Andre the Giant. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean that in a very respectful way. Like, right. He's just like 12 feet tall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a big so. dude. So, anyway. yeah. So anyways, uh, but no, yes, the value of just scrapping something and starting over, um, I've done that with a lot of games, um, where yeah. most of the time what ends up happening is the game just goes away for a while, and then you bring it back later, and you see what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done that with games and had to be less successful, right? Mm-hmm. I did the Minecart Madness, mm-hmm. and it turned it into a very different game that was that was a good game, but mm-hmm. it wasn't the game I wanted to design, so I just stopped working on it. Sure. Actually, even thinking about that, um, with our topic today, we're going to talk a bit about the Game Crafter. Uh, I had at one point was going to print it through the Game Crafter so that I could have a real prototype and then I just didn't want to deal with it and I did it myself anyways because the cards were all unique and it was just going to be a pain in the butt to make it and yeah. I'm lazy so um, anyways uh, but that game is one that I just saw in there and I was like I should go back to that game there was something about that game that people really liked mm-hmm. it just wasn't balanced enough True. and right before I quit I said I think I know how to balance it and then I made the sweeping changes and then it wasn't good it wasn't the game I wanted anymore mm-hmm. it was this really strategic game and it was supposed to just be a stupid racing game kind of lightweight yeah, yeah um, so not to change the subject but I, I think that that is um, I think that's a good thing it's, with your game you've reached a point where you know where the fun is as Matt would say hashtag riddle sucks um, you know where that is mm-hmm. but you have to figure out a way to make it yeah. Be fun and not overly complex. Yes. Right? Right. You know? Yeah. So that's what we're looking at uh, for <coughs> that guy. Um, anything else going on? What else is going on? Uh, well, we play tested Flood. I don't think I've talked about that. Oh, I revamped yeah. that. Um, and that is my uh, pull and write game where you're uh, taking cubes off a board, trying to build a boat. Before a flood happens and y'all die, um, you're trying to build the best boat. And uh, I made it so it's faster and easier to build. I completely redesigned the boat. And what we found was you can build most of the boat now, which mm-hmm. is gratifying. You mm-hmm. want to be able to build most of the boat before the game ends. Yeah. The game ended in like 30 minutes or so. It was great. With just two players. It would be a little longer with four. Sure. But, but timing-wise, it yeah, felt great. It felt really good. Um, <clears throat> so even if it was 30 to 45 with four players, I'm square with that. That's great. Um but no, I really, really dug the game. Uh, so I'm going to send it off. I've got a publisher that wants to do some testing on it in November, so I need to send it off to them in the near future. Cool. That is one I think I'm going to attempt to make a video pitch of um, and then show it off to some people uh, online. Just ask some publisher friends I have, like, hey, would you take a look at this and just tell me what you think? Like, does this work for you? Like, not like, do you want my game? I mean, if you do, great. Yeah. But like, do you like this pitch style? Yeah. Um, what do you think of the game sounding just from that? Like, what, is, what do you feel like the hooks are in that? Um, do you know any publishers that might be a good one to send this to to, to get their feedback on it? And, and just go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a unique enough game that I feel like it's a unique enough game that works pretty well um, that I feel like would be a good one to try and test my theory with the video pitch idea. With. Sure. So, yeah. We're trying. <coughs> All right, so you want to talk about a topic? Yeah. Let's talk about a topic. All right, so uh, I want to talk about the Game Crafter. Um, so, uh, in, so I've used the Game Crafter previously, um, but it's been a long time. I uh, ordered some prototype stuff on it many, many moons ago. Um, I uh, 
made it use it to make business cards, uh, which is not a normal way to use Game Crafter, but somebody else I saw did it. Uh, Jonathan yeah. Schaefer did it. And a I was lot of like, people have done that. That's actually. really smart. So yeah. I did that. And I enjoyed it, and they turned out great, and they were cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I used it for when I was working on Castle Smash, well, Smashle, as it's called now. Um, and actually, going back and using that again now has made me realize that I could make that game cheaper and, and better. Um, so I want to focus on that at some point here, but it's not a priority. But basically, I'm working on two small projects um, that I'm going to probably put out on my own. I'm not going to talk about a bunch of detail right now because I'm going <coughs> to likely give you a lot of bonus episodes where Rob doesn't even have to be there, where I talk a lot about what the projects are and why we're doing it and stuff. Um, so, But it's just kind of a side thing. Um, so what, what that's meant is I have spent a crap ton of time especially evenings and weekends where like three hours in, in a swath, I will just be messing around in Game Crafter trying to get my games to be at a price that I could actually sell mm-hmm. um, for what the game is. Um, and that's been very difficult. I'm not going to lie. That was very difficult. Um, you had some ideas. I worked through Jason Katarski was key and I, and I spent about an hour one night talking to him where he just... He went through and said, what about this component? What about that component? What if you did this instead? And um, he literally took the game from costing uh, uh, the one game, the bigger game of the two, um, though now they come in the same size box, but the bigger game of the two, um, that game uh, was 24 bucks to print one copy of it. Uh, and now it's about 10. Uh, all thanks to Katarski saying, you can do things this way or that way. Um, yeah. So. So a couple things I want to say. Oh, my wife, who who was working with me a bit on this stuff, saw the interface up on my computer one night, and she was like, "Wow, like that's amazing!" Like, so as a non-game designer who's never used Game Crafter, she looked at their interface for building a game out, and she's like, "That is insane that there's a tool like that." And it's funny because it, I had actually been kind of annoyed through a lot of this process. Um, so it was really neat to hear that perspective of somebody seeing it for the first time, being like, "Holy crap!" look at this wow what you can do this with this right mm-hmm. um and she's absolutely right it is an amazing tool they built yeah um some struggles i ran into other than the whole you know it is not meant to be a mass market produced site where you're going to produce games and sell them yeah, uh, at a thing where you're going to actually make real money yeah. off, right um but the biggest thing i found was i'm trying to i don't want this to sound bad but for me I'm a pretty technical person. I think that's fair to say. Nothing was really intuitive with how to how pricing worked. I bet I asked in chat probably 50 questions. And what's awesome was between the people and their customer service rep, they all got answered. A lot of them didn't necessarily get answered the way I was hoping for. Um, but a lot of it was very, it just the pricing isn't very straightforward if you don't understand the system, right? Um, some places it'll say a hundred sheets of this will give you a discount for a hundred, but other places it says a hundred games and spoiler alert, it means a hundred games, not a hundred sheets, just to be clear. Mm. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, there's just some different ways they do stuff that once you understand it, it's great. But like as somebody really just trying to dive in and learn the system, I really struggle with it. Now, I don't know, you've done a lot on Game Crafter. Did yeah, but I, I haven't done really big, complicated things, and I haven't looked at it in terms of large print runs. Right. Because I think uh, one of the things you're looking at is 
is not setting up one game and then buying 20 copies or 100 copies of one game. I think what you're talking about is is buying 100 copies of, of part A and 100 copies of part B and 100 copies of part C and then assembling the games at home. Right. Because, by the way, you can do that a heck of a lot cheaper yeah. than if you let them assemble the games themselves. And I've never done that kind of analysis before. I, I can say that I, I have felt like from the, from the perspective of I'm putting together one game Mm-hmm. And understanding what that one game was going to cost, I found that to be pretty clear and pretty easy to understand. Right. But I wasn't trying to analyze it in right. from an. You were also pretty much just selling on their site. Yes. Where you know, and this is not a dig, you're no. not going to make hardly any money. Like, no, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you have to really sell. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you're basically putting Passion Project out there for fun. Now, what I'm trying to do is, I'm not trying to make a bunch of money, to be clear, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to do a project in a way to where I can take it from beginning to end and make it viable. Basically, do a print run of, so I'm pricing everything out of doing at least 100 copies of, of these two projects I'm working on, mm-hmm. simply because you can get more game for your money then if you do that, right? Yeah. But that means you're looking at three to $4,000 to print those up front, right? Some of the things that um, that I struggled with, right? And again, once you understand it, it's not bad. And maybe other people, it wasn't bad to begin with, right? But I struggled understanding it. Um, large Pro Box, right? You wanna buy a large Pro Box? Mm-hmm. The price for a large Pro Box is actually double what it says it is. Because if you look, it's priced per sheet, which is half a box, um, which doesn't actually do you a lot of good because you don't need half a box, right? Medium pro box is actually priced the same way. Small pro box is not, which is great. But what that leads to is like when you glance at just the quick price, like why is the medium pro box the same price as the small pro box? Well, it's not, it's twice as much. But if you look closely, and I'm sure you've seen this before where it's per sheet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that was super, I found to be super confusing was um, uh, the chipboard stuff. Um, which is priced per slug, right? So like, for instance, uh, one of the things I'm ordering for the game is the medium circle chits, which are circle chipboard, 15 per slug, 100 and 150, oh, and 10 slugs, but it's 150 of them, right? Mm-hmm. Now I had asked their customer service, like, hey, what happens if I, because I, for the game that I'm working on this project, the two of them, I need some for each, right? But I don't need, <laughs> I need more than 15, but less than 30. Well, even when I was pricing it at just doing 15, because um, actually I was originally getting the small circle chip, which you got 28, and I need 20 for one game and 24 for the other. So I was like, great. So I put that in there, and I was like, wait a minute, I'm still paying basically if I was as if I was getting 280 of them or 150 respectively, right? Mm-hmm. And they said, no, no, there's a discount. There might be a discount, but like when you actually do the pricing, it doesn't reflect much of a discount. So this is where I was like, wow, I created a third game that is just those chits, and now instead of six bucks a copy, it's sixty cents a copy, or no, it's a buck twenty instead of like eight bucks. So it's a huge discount just by doing that, and that's the kind of stuff where like um, I actually reached out to Tavis because we're we're buddies with Tavis, <laughs> and Tavis, if you're listening to this, because uh, I know you've said you've listened to some of the show before, I, I'm not I'm not dogging the game crafter, right? I think what they're doing is awesome, but like. Um, Cecilia is their customer service person and she was really good at on chat answering me and so were other people but like I had said to him like hey man is there just somebody I can call and talk to like a customer like who can just like walk me through this process as a noob because like what I'm looking to do is not 
just put a game on your site. I'm looking to do a print run of my game, a small print run, and sell it independently, right? Mm-hmm. So can you, is there some way to do that? And he's like, he's like, there's not, right? Which again is, I mean, I'm not surprised there's not, right? Because first of all, more people are, lots of people are probably not doing what I'm trying to do, right? Um, but frankly, the cost of going out and printing a thousand copies of something is slightly higher and a hell of a lot more work, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you're actually helping with the project and I even said, what if I were to print this somewhere else? And you said, well, then I can't do your graphic design because I'm not comfortable with that. Gamecraft, you're like, I'd do that all day. I know what to do, right? Sure. So, um, so that's, for me, somebody who's like the graphic design stuff and like the, you know, slugs and, and borders and um, uh, bleeds and all these different things, like they don't make sense to me. So like that comes in as like as a as a big shortcoming for me when I'm trying to do this stuff, right? And um so so yeah, I guess I'm kind of like trying to figure out for other noobs out there who are trying to use this in maybe a different way than it's exactly meant to be used. Um you know, like what is it that like what are some things, some tips for them that would help them through this process, right? Um, because because in the end, this looks like this is going to be the absolute best service for me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be able to print games by doing it my way at a discounted enough price um, that I can um, that I can make it worthwhile and actually have it actually pay for it, not just pay for itself, but probably have a little bit of profit left over, which is kind of cool, right? Um, and the other thing to mention is, that like I found with them and they're honest about this, right? Like, so they can do the sweet heat transfer printed dice now, the screen printed dice or whatever. Yeah. Um, they are hella expensive, worth every penny, they're right? Beautiful, yeah. For because um, I was talking to some people on chat about it, and I was like, whoa, these are really pricey. And they said, yeah. And they said, like, these are fantastic for prototypes, or if you want like one in your game. The game I was running out, I needed eight. I, I since have just completely cut those out. Eight of them was sixteen dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which was way cheaper than two, which were ten, right? So the pricing scales really yep. well. Like they they do a good job of that. Um, and looking at getting those dice printed in other places, they are ridiculously priced everywhere. And kudos to the game crafter; they don't charge you a ton of crappy setup fees, yeah. which these other places do, yeah. right? right? Their dice are cheaper, but with the setup fees and stuff, unless you're ordering five thousand of them, it's not worthwhile. So right? I, so <coughs> you could just do stickered dice at game crafter as well. You could, but there, um, dice there. The anything but regular standard D sixes, unless you're buying really bulk, it's just a little higher price. Yeah. Um, which again, that's cool. I actually ended up switching to cards because it's cheaper. But then it actually turns out cards makes the game more balanced. So it actually was a happy accident, right? But so I'm sourcing some products from outside of the game crafter simply because uh, a good example. Uh, I needed a spinner for something, right? Spinner Game Crafter is actually really, really well priced, but it's huge. It's eight. It's um. It's eight by eight. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even fit in the box that I'm gonna get. It only fits in the big box, um, and they don't make a smaller one, which is fine. You can custom cut a smaller one, but then with the custom cutting, it gets a little pricier. So, um, <clears throat> so I'm actually trying to source that from somewhere else. Which, um, so I guess what my tip to people is, don't get disheartened, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Ask a lot of questions in chat because those people there want to help you. Um, uh, I had a situation where one of the things I wanted to print was um, more on the kids' side, right? Um, And so I said something about, 
hey, can they do can they do the um, how do I do CS uh, CSPC testing, which is the safety testing, which we did with Water Balloon Watchout? Mm-hmm. How do I do that? And so and somebody was like, oh no 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 no, GameCrafter doesn't do it. Here's a link. And I click on the link and it's like, hey guys, we would love to do this. Yeah. Government rules make it so that we can't do this. You should you should complain to someone who can do something about this because it's unfair. Yeah. Uh, and their statement is 100% accurate, not their fault. I'm sure they would love to be able to print kids stuff, type of stuff because yeah. it's a whole other market for them, right? Right. And they have things like spinners and stuff and they have great tools for that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but realistically they can't. So I'm like, I was like, man, like this, like, wow, like this is really bad. Like this, I might not be able to use this website now to do what I need to do. And then a couple of people were like, oh, here's some blog posts and some articles and some people we know, read these and you can do this. And like, and then you can have GameCrafter print you the stuff, but they won't sell your game, which is fine. And you can't put those ages on the box, which is fine. Like, so, and then it turns out I can get independent testing and I can do whatever I need. But like, um, but that's awesome, right? Yeah. That like. The community knows the knows not. I wouldn't even say the problems. Knows the limitations of the game crafter mm-hmm. and wants to help you work around them. Um, that's really cool, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is something that. So I was hesitant. I'm always hesitant to use chat in places. Yeah, me too. Because a lot of times people are just kind of dicks about it. Yeah. Now I've used the game crafter before the chat and when I was doing the business cards and some other projects, and people were always super like. In fact, when I was doing the um, when I was doing my. Um, Smashel stuff somebody actually was like send this to me and they put a couple nick things in and sent it back so that i could get my stuff cut out which was they did not have to do that like they're just a cool person right yeah um so leverage that community i think that's important but you know consider that maybe if you want to do something it's not just going to be for sale in the game crafter um that if you're going to print in bulk that maybe you want to source some stuff from somewhere else, right? Let them do what they're really good at, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, boards, cards, that sort of thing. Like, they're, the prices on that are really good. Even the small pro box price is really good. It's like three fifty, I think, in bulk mm. um, or four ninety nine, otherwise. Like, and that's a fully printed wrapped box. Like, it looks good. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. I was super impressed by that. Um, so those are kind of my off the top of my head tips. Now you've done a crap ton more with the Game Crafter, so yeah. Well, you know, I, I, from my perspective, like I said, it's, I'm just putting together single games, um, and I, I haven't done anything that's terribly complex, right? Mostly just card games um, and some basic components. But but yeah, I've I've found their interface to be user friendly and easy to understand. Um, I think I they they offer great templates. Um, for, for stuff that you're gonna put together. Seeing those, like to me, like those templates are better than templates I've seen other places, but literally to me it's like, I'm like, what am I even looking at? Yeah, well, right? sure, but that's- That's not their fault, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's because you're not familiar with Photoshop or Inkscape or, right. or, or any uh, graphic Illustrator or whatever those options are, right? Yeah, so, but no, but I've, I've been very pleased with the uh, the interfaces that they, they have available. And I actually haven't, it's probably been a year now since I actually put anything new up on there. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's yeah. been a while. It's been a busy year. Um, but, uh, uh, so I, and I know that they've made upgrades to the system since the last time I used it in any detail. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't have any complaints. Right. Well, and I'm not, I mean, I don't know, maybe it sounds like I'm being super negative, but I'm not. Like... I was kind of trying to talk through my frustration with mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. learning curve I had with it, yeah, um, and why I was struggling with that. Oh, one of the other tips that they gave that that uh, Cecilia gave me, and like I hated it. 
but she was totally right, <laughs> and you should do this, was, um, so this is a really big tip for you. If you're trying to price out a game, do not look at their prices to price out a game. Because there are, um, this is what I was talking about when I was saying things aren't always intuitive, uh, but there are some intricacies with the pricing, some of which actually benefits you, yeah. that you won't see if you just do a straight pricing. Yeah. So Cecilia said, you need to build the game. You can use add placeholders to build the game. And I was like, I don't want to build the game. I just want to look at the prices. She's like, just build the game. And then I built the game, and I was like, oh, gosh, wow, this is, this is way easier to understand now. Yeah, the, the pricing um, disclosures they have on there are okay for giving you a ballpark, but right. yeah, you aren't going to know what the actual price is until it, it's... And I do feel like they actually air higher. They do. Which yeah. is, which is smart. super smart. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when I put the price together in the game, I was pleasantly surprised that it was better than I expected it to be. Yeah. It was still way too high because I was doing it. I was, I was not having not used them to order something in bulk ever, mm -hmm. whereas Katarski has. Like, I think Frogflip, when he did the thing of that with his daughter, he 100% printed all the cards in Game okay. Crafter. So he was able to say, here's how I did it to make it super cheap. He True. also didn't need a box, yeah. which helped a lot. Right. Uh, I think he may have printed the dice cream stuff there too, or some of it. Mm -hmm. He sourced some stuff from some other places printed there. Um, so that, like, really... Um, and pay attention to, like, some things you might think they're not going to be as cheap at. They are. Like... Um, I needed little standee stands, those little multicolored ones, you know. Yeah. Um, and I priced those out in other places, and they were actually in bulk cheaper off the Game Crafter. Now, okay. dice, dice, you're always going to find cheaper somewhere else. Sure. Um, that said, the dice that I've seen on the Game Crafter, they look super quality. And looking at the stuff from Board Game Candy, they all look like that's their other website, you know. Yeah, 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 the yeah. thing they have at Gen Con. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The quality on those is, is higher than if you were to buy bulk off Amazon or something. Yes, right. Yeah, because <clears> if you're <throat> buying it from Amazon, you're getting whatever, you know, bulk crap you're getting out of China yes, or whatever, right? Yeah. And Game Crafter made the extra effort to make sure the stuff they were buying they, was good quality. They curate the stuff, yeah, right, right, to make sure that it's good. So um so a lot of that um, you know, is really, really is really good and really helpful. Yeah. Um and once I realized how to make it, like, I mean, I knew how to make a game, but once I realized really how to mess around with the interface, um, then it was like, oh, wow, okay, now I can do this. So then I made it the second game, because it's these two projects, so I priced those both out. Then I made the third game and removed the things out to, like, um, so, you know, I guess don't, like, don't get frustrated and just quit and not try it, right? Like, sure. Because when I first started using it, like... Again, I wanted I literally wanted to be able to look at a rate sheet and make decisions yeah. and move on, right? So that I can say, okay, this is what I need to do, this is what I need to charge, this is how this needs to work. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I wasn't able to do that, um, which was yeah. my lack of understanding of the system, right? Now I still will not understand why they do things like price half a box and another half of a box. Like that to me is just Well, that's the that's the it's the core box, and then it's the wrap on top of the no, box, right? No, no, no. Like, if you... Yes. For large pro box, yes. yes. And that is confusing as all get out until yeah. you understand it. They were super happy to explain it to me, and okay. then I understood it. But then I realized I didn't want a large pro box because it's huge uh, mm -hmm. and expensive because it's huge. Mm -hmm. They look great. Um, no, the medium pro box, literally, it's... It, it, I think the reason that they do it this way is because they're a printer. Mm -hmm. And printers do things, like the way they list things sometimes are like printers, right? Yeah. Um, so one sheet of a box is is the one side of the box, right? Mm -hmm. So like the bottom of the box and the top of the box are two different pieces. Like look at the medium pro box sometimes. Sure. It is, it is, when you glance at the price, it is half of one. Okay. Basically it's price per item. That's what it is. It's price per item compared to 
price, I don't know, price per item compared to price per sheet, I think. And there's two sheets make an item, right? Okay. There's a front and the back. It's just interesting. And again, once I understood it, um, and had I built the game like they told me to, yeah. <laughs> I would have not had any of that confusion. Um, so yeah. Um, but it is, you know, I've said before that the Game Crafter is a fantastic tool for the community, and it, and it is, right? Um, and again, it was, like I said, it was cool to see it through my wife's eyes of saying, like, whoa, like, this is insane that you can do this. And I was like, yeah. And like, I'm like, I wish that I knew how to do the fancy stuff of, like, you know, um, yeah, putting in artwork and stuff like that, you know? So, um, sure. yeah. So, so, yeah, I really, like, if I started off sounding negative, I wasn't trying to be negative about the game. I really do like the Game Crafter. Um, because again, I'm probably going to use them to print these projects. Sure. Um, uh, <coughs> but um, for me, it was a steeper learning curve. I will say way less of a steep learning curve than when I tried to use their thing, like their auto prototype thing. Oh, it was whatever like it's mind-boggling called. to yeah. me. Yeah, I've still never even um, looked at that. Yeah, yeah. Which I've heard other people use and say it's a little bit of a steeper learning curve, but it's it's worth it when you get to it. Yeah. For me, it with the learning curve was steep enough. Again, with my knowledge and expertise not being really in that. Yeah. It was just I I honestly think with that my problem was I knew what I wanted it to be, mm-hmm. and that's not what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought this is something that will make using the actual game crafter to print stuff easier. And I think if I understood how everything worked, it probably does. But for what I needed, it didn't. Yeah. Um, which is which I was bummed about. But I mean, I have my way of doing things, and that's fine, right? So I mean, um, but I've heard other people say that they've completely loved working with that. So sure, yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of feedback that I've seen is very positive. Yeah. Right. Cool. So, well, we should move on. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're a little so. tight on time here. Um, I need to pitch a game. <coughs> yes. Oh gosh. Yeah, it is late. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so um, I didn't have anything specific ready to go, so I tweeted asking for uh, game pitch challenge suggestions. Julio uh, uh, gets to pick it because he was the first one to reply, and his recommendation was shocking. It was yeah. unexpected. He has nothing to do all day but sit and watch Twitter just in case one of us right, tweets right. something, right? Uh, and he said, uh, he said, uh, game, uh, design a game where the box is, is a core mechanic. Which, I mean, surprise, that's the kind of game that he likes to make. Right, right. Uh, so I need, Jason, I need you to give me a theme so that I can uh, do that. So, question for you. Yep. Do you want a, a serious theme? Do you want a fun theme? Do you want a, an outrageous theme? Hmm. Um, well, I want a quick theme because we're tight on time. Okay, 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 okay. Um, See, the problem is I keep trying to design this game in my head without a theme and then try and apply a theme to it. Um, Landing uh, uh, a spaceship on another planet. Landing a spaceship on another planet. That's the goal of the game. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay. All right, so uh, so can I say on like an asteroid? Or I was actually going to say or an asteroid or something. Yeah, something like that. Because that's the Hayabusa spacecraft is in the news right now. Landing uh, a spaceship on a, a celestial body. Okay, got it. All right, so um, let's see. So naturally, the game box is the surface of the. Uh, of the asteroid. I feel like I gave that one to you. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, it, it's interesting though. So, uh, I think we actually need. You do have two halves of the box. We do have two halves of the box. I, I want holes in the box, in the surface of the box. So, I think what we've got here is we've got um, we've got the the box itself, and um, 
uh, you have to take the lid off the box and set this up. We're not going to need the lid. Inside the box, you've got a platform that you're going to raise up on some kind of stand. Actually, no, sorry. So we're using the bottom of the box here, okay? We're using the bottom of the box. And um, uh, for starters, we've got a series of, of sheets, okay? And, and these sheets uh, uh, are, are the right size so that when you put them in the bottom of the box, they, they fill the bottom of the box and they're just flat, okay? And on those sheets, you have you have hazards printed of various kinds, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there's probably eight different sheets. In each game, you're only going to use one. And of course, you can turn it, uh, it you know, four directions because it fits in, in there in four directions, okay? And so you pick one of those, and, you, and they're probably also double-sided. And so, so on, uh, uh, the surface of that sheet is printed with, with various features. And it might be, you know, it might be like a... Uh, 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 you know, a gas pocket that's dangerous. It might be a vein of minerals okay. or metals or something that you want to mine, uh, and uh, and various things that you could collect, or maybe maybe you know biological material or something. Okay, because mm -hmm. you're sending your spacecraft to this asteroid to try and do science. So um, what you do then is you, so you pick one of those, you put it in the bottom layer. That's it. That's the one you can use for the game. Um, and uh, and then you have a, a chipboard thing that uh, is up on legs and and do your best not to look at that mat or that that sheet when you put it in the bottom of the box because you kind of want that to be a surprise uh, and then you put uh, you put this this chipboard thing in uh, that the is on legs you, you know assemble with legs into the box and so that covers that that is at the level of the top of the box bottom. And but but in this chipboard thing, there are cutouts. There are cutouts, so you can kind of see down through them into what's below. Oh, nice! Okay, and, and odd shapes. There's also a grid on this. Okay, it's, I think it's just a square grid. You uh, love grids. Yeah, I like grids. Uh, and then then you're gonna. There's a second layer of of cutout with different shapes and different holes in it. Okay, and that also then affixes on top of that. So you've got the bottom of the box. And the walls of the of the box come up around, so you can't see the base. Then you have the first layer of chipboard that's on top of that, and then the second layer of chipboard that's on top of that. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, then you've got little little standees and things, or a little like little, like cutouts, chipboard cutouts that that will slot into do spots to create some irregularity of things sticking up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. So uh, now uh, each player has it has three dice, and the dice are your spaceships. Okay. okay. And each uh, each of the dice uh, has has different features on it. Each face is a different action that that lander is going to um, going to uh, uh, perform. So you're gonna you're gonna roll the dice on the table, not mm -hmm. on the box, on the table, um, and uh, and you're going to then uh, each of those is is going to result in the action that your um, spaceship, your, your lander is going to perform. And it might be drill. It might be perform a scientific sample. It might be um, it might be move. Okay. Um, uh, could be it could be uh, climb or something. Okay. Um, uh, come up with a few others. Maybe one is just anything you want to do. Okay. And then you're going to um, uh, you're going to after you roll those, you're going to decide where they go. But but before you have to decide where they, where they go, you you have to you have to land them on the top surface, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it, you know basically as you're playing the game, you're trying to drill down, you're trying to take uh, uh, samples, and you really want to get to the core of the asteroid, which is in the bottom, right? You know, uh, and uh, and and take a sample from from the core of the asteroid, and that's where you're going to get the most points from. And I should have said also that, that these, these chipboard layers also, some of them have holes that allow you to pass through down the bottom. Some of them have, again, veins of minerals or metals or whatever right, that you right, can right, sample right. as well. 
Um, and that's really what you're doing is you want to you want to get all three of your your landers down to the, to the core of the asteroid. You don't necessarily know where they're going to go when they do that final drill. So wherever they land is is a big question mark. Uh, along the way, you're going to be you're collecting resources when you drill into those those minerals and in those veins of metals, and you can um, you can spend those those resources or or the science that you're doing as a resource. Um, to um, to kind of spec in one direction, saying I'm going to get bonus points from from minerals or from gas deposits or, or whatever. Okay, and so you have to decide: Am I going to try and go all out on on mining for metals in this game, hoping that I land on a metal a vein of metal in, in my last push through, or am I going to go you might know, spread it wide, try and get smaller bonuses from lots of things, uh, and that's it. Now, how you actually land on there? I wanna. I want you to actually be throwing things. I think you're actually dropping from yeah, above. Yeah, yeah, that seems so, like a good idea. So I think everybody also has. You're, I don't want to be rolling the dice on there. So I think everybody also has three cubes in your color that that match that represent the location of your three landers. And so the first thing you do at the start of the game is you drop all three of your cubes from the top, and they're going to bounce and knock around off of those things that are sticking up, and hopefully land in random places. And if one happens to fall through one of the slots, the lower level bonus. I mean, you got farther ahead, but it also means that's less sampling you could do in advance. Right. So, uh, and uh, the game ends with first player gets all three of their landers into the bottom of the box. Uh, that triggers the end of the game. Everybody else takes one more turn, and then uh, then you lift you you, add, you know you lift all the pieces out and you look in the box and see everybody land and get your final bonuses. Right. That makes sense. There you go. Well, at that point, I think that's when Bruce Willis flips the switch and the nuke goes off and the world gets saved. Right. Is that the it's probably when I mean, this is basically Armageddon, the board. But it's about doing science, not about blowing up the asteroid. Well, Michael Bay would be disappointed. <laughs> well, I'm disappointed in Michael Bay. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. No, that was that's cool. I like the use of that. So, so there you go. That seems like a very Julio style game. Yes, it, it does. So on the next episode, Rob is going to give me <laughs> a theme or something like that, and I'm going to attempt to do the same thing because because okay. uh, I'm I I may have a game pitch ready, but. That was really fun, and we had talked about that. Hedison was like, I want to do that, too. So um, Julio can just design those games for us, put our names on it. It'll be great. Yep. Go for that, Julio. Okay. Cool. Um, and I think that's all she wrote for tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, sorry, a little shorty. Again, schedules are a mess. Sorry about that. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, um, email us, buildinggamepodcast.gmail.com. Twitter is at podcastbtg. Jason is at jaslingerland on Twitter. I am at poly underscore design on Twitter. Our Google Voice number is 770 BTG. I promise we'll play some of those at some point. Um, yeah, we've got a bunch, so okay, good. keep playing those. Yeah. Next time we're in the studio, we'll make sure we do that. Yep. Maybe we can do an all-voicemail episode or something. Sure. we got time. That sounds easy. Yeah. That'll <laughs> <laughs> well, fill a slot. Um, okay, that's all. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a great time, and don't forget to back Fallen Treasures on Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, fun little game. Indeed. All right, see you. Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast.